Live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world, you are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Nahum Klegman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be Masliach. Welcome to episode 39 of the From Entrepreneur. And as promised, I have with us for the second time, Hanan Kaufman. Uh, I had him back, I think, in episode 25, where we talked a lot about his story and a lot about his organizations. And one of the projects that was just getting started that I was zochah to be involved with is an organization called Next Door. And so there's some great things happening with Next Door over the next month, month and a half. So I invited Hanan back to the show. He is our first second, our first second, yeah, you can say that. our first second guest. Mm. Well, actually, truthfully, in the Purim episode, I had totally climbed, but that was like a fun episode. That wasn't uh, all that real for those of you that listened to it or didn't listen to it yet. But it's uh, it's a pleasure to have Hanan. Hanan, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Nachum. It's great to be back. I'm very honored. I'm the first guest to come back, and it wasn't a joke. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny because, Hanan, first of all, I love having you back because I love to watch – one of the great pleasures I get is to watch somebody that has an idea, has a vision, and then to see it come to fruition. And, you know, we, we go, I mean, this is going back more than a year already when, I mean, before you even had that, you had the idea for, uh, even before we spoke about it, but, uh, you know, when we spoke about it, uh, I guess a little bit more than a year ago and to where it is now is just, uh, it's phenomenal. It's exciting. It's great to see things coming together. So, you know what, let's, I don't, you know, usually I go into the history of the person, but I'll link to the previous episode. People want to learn about Hanan and uh, his story, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, So let's just dig into next door because there's so much going on with this organization. And, uh, you know, I want to try and touch as much, touch on as much uh, basis as we can about it. So why don't you just give us first just a uh, quick introduction about next door and then we'll uh, dig in a little deeper. First, I want to say is that we wouldn't be here at this point where we are with next door or where we're going without you. And wow. you know, you, you came in at a very critical time and you provided a trim and you're not done yet, but you provided a tremendous, um, you know, partnership with me and, and together and we worked very hard and, you know, you know, and a lot of times like, you know, it's a, you have a concept, you see an issue, you see a problem, you see a solution, you want to start something, whether it's a for-profit or it's a nonprofit or whatever you're doing, a company organization, you know, you have a passion, you have a sort of some sort of clarity or vision. And it's a long way to turn that into, you know, a viable, you know, company and organization that's actually up and running and doing things and affecting people. And it's a long way. And it takes uh, a lot of, you know, iterations, what they call it, that it comes out in different ways. And, you know, and people to make that happen, you know, and uh, your role was very, very critical. You know, I, you, I you, really you came up with that. the name. You came up with the logo. You came up with our, our website. You know, you came up with a lot of things, and then together we just, you know, worked. Well, we, we definitely out. spent a lot, a lot of hours yes. together. Yes, and that's and what it takes. And we spent a lot of uh, that's what it's driving time together. Yes, we did drive together. <laughs> but that's what it takes. You know, you don't know where, what, when. You know, you, you go up a lot of different pathways and dead ends and alleys. But that's sure. that is by definition the process. And when you're a startup, you have to be very nimble, you have to be very flexible, and you have to be ready to uh make quick turns and, you know, find out how it's actually gonna look like and what you're actually gonna be doing can be very different. And you and I know that in our experience for sure. 
That's true. But you just said the key word there, and that is experience. And I think, you know, you have 30 years of experience in nonprofits. So, you know, you know, let's touch on what is next door and then we'll show and we'll tie everything in because we'll discuss, you know, why you're passionate about it, why I became passionate about it, why everyone should be passionate about it. So just give a brief overview. What is next door? Okay. So next door is empowering the next generation of social entrepreneurs. It's the idea that uh, there is a revolution going on in the business world in the last 15 years. You know, Israel, they call it the startup nation and other places where their business is done in a very, very different fashion, which has affected all kinds of companies, whether they're social driven companies, there are nonprofits, there are for profit organizations, there some of them, you know, have become household names, they've changed the way we, we live today. And some of these companies are only a few years old and disrupted the entire world. So business is done in a very different way. And it creates a tremendous dynamic and opportunity. And I've had a chance to be exposed to some of that. On the other hand, we see that we have our community. We have the Jewish community, particularly the the more traditional Orthodox Haredi from Yeshiva Hasidic communities that are really, really interesting to me because, you know, you're a player in this field, you know, the from entrepreneur. We're a growing, dynamic community that has so many things going on. And this presents tremendous opportunities and it also tremendous, tremendous challenges. And we all know, and I don't think this is a big insight or chiddush for us, but we all know that the Jewish organizations that, you know, are in our communities and the schools and everything, the reputation of the way they've operated over the years has been a very sort of antiquated model. Right. And they're and often very inefficient and, uh, you know, Hamish, you know, very sort of like, you know, not necessarily known for their cutting edge professionalism or their, you know, inspirational innovation, yet they're very, very important. And they've done tremendous good things. You know, where would we be today? You know, where would you and I be today with some of the schools that we went to and the organizations and our children and the community things? And, you know, how many times we call up Hatzala or, you know, in Israel or in America and, and on and on and on and on and on. So we need our social services. We need our organizations. We need all these things. The problem is, is that as we get larger, our problems get larger. They become much more, you know, significant. If we're a small population and only two, three percent are having at-risk issues or they're having mental health issues or they're having marital issues or they're having, you know, shidduch issues. So, you know, it represents a small minority and it's really a small number of people. But as that community grows into the millions of people, then right. those problems become epidemic. <laughs> you know, there are sure. hundreds of thousands of, you know, alienated young Jewish teenagers. You know, there's right. mental illness, physical, there, there's so much stuff. So it becomes humongous. So we need to scale up. We need to address the growing needs of our communities, you know, and, and that's one thing. The second thing is that we need to address the tremendously, you know, disruptive social changes that are being driven by technology and they're bringing by society. And you put the two together, the world's changing very, very fast. And everybody who's in Chinuch on any level will tell you that, you know, we're in, you know, a very, very uncharted waters. We're there now. And, you know, it's a whole new ballgame. Whether you're in Kiruv or whether you're in Chinuch or you're dealing with young people, old people, whatever it is, it's a whole new ballgame. So what we need to is to have, we need to be able to respond to these rapidly changing needs by having a very, very important skill, which is called innovation. Right. We need to innovate. 
And we also need to create a new paradigm for young people who can take leadership positions, who can see, hey, you know, I want to do something. I, I see a problem. I understand my peers and I understand what the solution could be because maybe I went through it myself. Right? right? You know, we did when we were, I was young, we were about shuvas and we went through it and we were, you know, in our 20s. We understood the market. We knew it was bothering them and we knew the solution. So this was a tremendous opportunity for us to do something about it. But these young people today need to be empowered and we understand that they should not be operating by themselves. So that's the concept of next door, addressing all these issues. The idea is to bring our community together. Bring all the talent, bring all the experienced people in the nonprofit and the business world together to be a resource for young social entrepreneurs, young people who want to start causes or have young organizations. And then we can help them and we can work together. They have a community that supports each other. We have a community of experienced mentors and instructors. And the third part are the funders. We want to bring in the funders as well so that they could stimulate this, what we call the ecosystem, so that it will change how we do business and how we address the needs of our communities. In a- and it's, it's really absolutely fantastic. And I think Nextdoor is coming at the right time, at the right place, with entrepreneurship, you know, really becoming tremendous buzzwords, and especially social entrepreneurship. And as you said, there's a lot of youth, a lot of uh, people that are energized, or people that have ideas. And a lot of times, someone, and, and we want to inspire them, and especially with this episode, they should be inspired that if you have an idea, don't just let it pass, mm. right? Don't just let it sit. You could do it. You could have the question. And we want you to know, right, that you're, you're no longer alone, Right. Right. With Nextdoor, we will help you with the tools, with the, you know, with uh, programming, with mentorship, with a lot of fantastic things so that you're no longer alone. Right. And Hana, I didn't tell you about this, but it was very funny. Just uh, a day or two ago, I was sitting, uh, I was in shul, and there's this incredible man, incredible person named Yohannes Angethen in Ramapet Shemesh. And every week he gives out Divrei Torah on the Parsha or on, if there's a Chag, then on the holiday. And for some reason, I found a little bit, and, and I'm going to actually scan it and probably I'll put it in the show notes, the full Devar Torah. But he, there was a Devar Torah called Yom Kippur, Fulfilling Our Potential. And uh, I just read through, I said, why would Hashem, and, and I just happened to see it. I said, why is this out now? Yom Kippur was, mm-hmm. what, seven months ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And so I read through it and it had, just had so much to do with uh, next door that I just want to read one paragraph and then I'll post the rest to the site. But, but, but listen to this. Mm-hmm. He says, after Mincha, we enter into the Elah prayer, the climax of Yom Kippur, the day of Tshuva. But strangely, we do not say the Vidoy in the Ne'ilah Shmonasre, where we where do we express our feelings of Tshuva in the The Chudushe Arim Zatzal answers there, Tshuva is found in the words so that we can withdraw our hands from stealing. So why do we Dafka mention the sin of stealing ahead of all others in the Elah? Mm-hmm. He explains that, that this does not just refer to regular stealing. But to the fact that Hashem gives us many gifts, money, food, housing, talents, opportunities, all in order to help us fulfill our role in life. But what do we do? We misuse those gifts for different goals. That is considered stealing, mm. using gifts that are given for, uh, for a certain purpose and using them for something else. As we approach the final moment of Yom Kippur, we have hopefully already cleansed ourselves of our averas. But now at the climax of the holiest day of the year, we also repent for failing to use our God-given talents mm. for the right reasons. Mm. When we express our intentions this year, we will do our utmost to use them to fulfill our potential. But we must really mean it. Everyone at some point in their life is given an opportunity to do something significant for Kuala Yisrael. Often we refuse the opportunity, 
finding many excuses to avoid it. What is frightening about this is that a person may go through life having missed his golden chance to fulfill his potential, and he will never realize it. He won't necessarily feel that his life was missing anything. However, when he goes up to Shemayim, he may be faced with the same question that Avram Avinu and the Netziv could answer. Right. Where is the heavenly you? Where is your true potential? Right. So I, I read this and I just got chills because I was right. like, you know, you know, people, you get an idea. And if you look at any organization, I was just talking to somebody about this at a bar mitzvah the other day. I said, you know, every organization that we have, whether it's Hatzalah or Yad Lachim or any organization, was started with one person with an idea, mm-hmm. right? And he had a choice or she had a choice. They could have said, you know, ah, I'm not going to start this. Who am I? What can I do? You know, and but every single one of them made the choice to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, But how many of our youth today and you know, not even our youth, but anybody today that has an idea and they have excuses. Next door is come and say you ha- no longer have an excuse. <laughs> if you have an idea. Right. If you have uh, that uh, that passion inside of you, if you want to do something for Klai Yisrael. Take it up. Don't steal. Don't not use your your potential and your talents that Hashem gave you when you could help the claw. Hey, that's a it's a beautiful beautiful thought, and it's really true. And you know, you and I hang hung out a lot together, so we uh, we think alike. You know, in that way. Yeah, that is but true. It's, I, I mean, we have to focus. You know, we have to start somewhere. And I think that was the discussion you and I had, and that's a big challenge for a startup. And everybody should sure. understand that that's the process. Where do you start? So we have to start in a very, very focused way. So fortunately, our focus now, as cutting into the content here that you want to talk about, is yep. that we're first launching our on-the-ground activities in a form of what we call an accelerator programs. And we translate that and we put it into the content. of That's really a workshop. And the, the, the type of participant that are doing our workshops, we're doing a couple in Jerusalem, we're going to do in New York, we're proposing to do one in Los Angeles. Somebody called me, they want to do one in Chicago. Uh, there's many other organizations that are interested. Yeah, we saw from England, they wanted to do it also. Yeah. We have to start somewhere, right? Yeah, there's a lot of interest. So, And we haven't even done them yet, but there's a lot of interest. Right. But right now, we are recruiting, we are filling up our positions in Jerusalem. We have a women's accelerator program happening starting June 15th this year, on a win- and will be eight consecutive Wednesdays at the within partnership with Temach, which is a, a fantastic organization that's empowering uh, Haredi women to get into the workforce and to be entrepreneurs and start companies. And they're located in a shared space called the Jerusalem Hub, the Shari Ha'ir. And so we're partnering with them, and we're going to do a women's uh, accelerator program starting June 15th. And on June 17th, on Fridays, eight consecutive Fridays in a row, we'll be doing a men's accelerator program. And that also will be located at the Shari Ha'ir as well. We're using the same space, but we're going to have men time there. And it's that's separate. Uh, those are two. We also may, and it looks like it may be happening, doing an accelerator program starting that week. Also a third one, which will be with Roche Kolels. We're oh, going to wow. bring the startup nation to the Kolel world, which sounds really cool. And basically, yeah. because these are sort of forward-thinking Rosh Kailos, uh, I don't want to mention any names yet because we're hopefully, uh, it's not solidified yet, but it probably it's, it looks good. And there are uh, there's an interest and there's some funders who want to start some more colos. And, you know, look, there's a lot of – the word colo is very generalistic. Obviously, it means a bunch of married guys sitting down and learning and on a continuing, you know, advanced learning basis. But a lot of the, what do they do? What is their goal? That'll be the discussion. How do they create sustainable models? It's really sort of one would think taking sort of an extreme non-sustainable, uh, non 
dynamic startup model and then bring it together with this our very more you know sort of contemporary advanced thinking about how to do business and how to run nonprofits so it's we're very excited that's very interesting and then in New York we are doing please God on May 29th I think it is is where we're starting our accelerator programs coming up this month later this month and we're Beautiful. starting to fill up there and we're going to probably be doing it in the Teaneck area only because geographically it's well located uh, people right. who come from the five towns they can come from uh, New Jersey and the, uh, Rockland County. They can come from Brooklyn. And we are getting people from all over. And, and, they, it, and what's fantastic is the response. Nahum, it's been unbelievable. You know. Yeah, I get the email, so I see. And people are just really generally super excited about this. And uh, yeah, it's, unbelievable. it's beautiful to watch. And of course, when you do something, this is new. A lot of people, like you said, that, you know, they, they, you know, they haven't you know, they, they don't know it's for them yet. They didn't know there's such a thing out there that I can come, you know, and take my new organization or my new idea. And we didn't know if we were going to get people who just had an idea and a passion, but haven't really translated that into a real organization, or we get people with an organization. And really, it's a workshop that's fo- focused on the participants. We really want to help them accelerate their their cause and move it along. So we want to focus on them. So it, it's the content and the discussions would be very different if they actually have existing organizations versus they have a concept. They haven't done it yet. So we sure. didn't know. So the, the vast majority of people that we've gotten to sign up are actually people who have young organizations that are up and running. And some have been around for a few years and some of them are newer and some have been around a little bit longer. But they all are very impressive, very significant initiatives. Uh, some of them have like a million dollar a year annual budget. Some are reaching many people and it's unbelievable. Yet they're young. And as we see over and over again with our Jewish organizations, they have holes in them. They have gaps. They have real issues that are straining them and constraining their ability to reach their potential and limiting their growth. And they definitely need our help. They need the instruction. They need mentorship. They need support. And they need a lot of things. And we realize when, I realize when we're going to work with them, that we could fill some of those holes for them, give them sort of a basis on how to think like a real social entrepreneur, how to think, you know, in, in, in a practical way that really deals with some of the basic needs of someone who's really more of an entrepreneur or more of a business minded person. And that's the facet that we want to work with them. Right. So what, what type, what are some of the topics uh, that are going to be covered in these uh, eight week programs? Okay. So each week we plan to have a different topic that we're going to address during those sessions. You know, it's, it's very overwhelming because they're, they're four hours long and obviously we can't, you know, exhaust every topic, but we right. want to, you know, set the standard. We're going to give them a lot of reading material. We're going to give them a lot of links and stuff like that. So some of the topics are, I think the first one is sort of like, you know, what's an entrepreneur? What do we mean by leadership? What do we mean by, you know, your role? How does it differ? A lot of people don't understand, and I just explained this sort of in a practical example, is that some people are really good. Let's say you have an outreach organization and you're the teacher and you're, you know, you're good at speaking to to your students and whether they're adults or they're young adults and you're really good at what you do and you work with them and you do your thing and you're out there doing that. And you have a passion and vision that there's so many more people to reach and I have such a good formula and we need to do so much more. And what happens is, is this one person ends up doing everything, right? Right. And and they obviously reach, you know, saturation at you know, they're not gonna reach thousands of people by themselves. You know. Right. The best of them, you know, can maybe reach hundreds of people, but 
it's limited. You start, you know, burning out. You find obvious holes. You know, you, you, you talk to anybody in this situation. You get talented people who are doing good work and is providing good services to people. They get burnt out, right? I think sure. that's a very common thing. And you just, you, we envision this. You know, this is our Jewish leaders. These are the people who are running these wonderful schools and all these cure organizations. And we, we all know them. You know, we know what they look like and we can picture them. And they're very tired people and they've worked 24 <laughs> hours a day. And there's a special right. place in heaven for them. You know, these are the tzaddikim sure. that hold up the world. But sure. I say, like you say before, they're going to get the Shemayim. Hashem's going to say, oh, a tzaddik, a tzaddik, look at all the lives you've saved. Look at all the chesed you did. Look at all the families you gave hope to. Look at all the kids that you turned around and you got it. And, you know, all the people you got carved into Yiddishkeit. There's thousands of them. And you're unbelievable, unbelievable. It's bleed, bleed, die, you know? Right. I bleed, die. But the problem is there's going to be Makatrig out there, and he's going to look and say, are you kidding me? This guy didn't do 10% of what he could have done. Hmm. 10%. What do you mean? What do you mean? The answer is because he didn't step back and he didn't, you know, because if he was running a business, you know, he would have figured out how do I scale up? I bring in consultants. Where do I put this? Where do I put this? How do we build a team? You know, you become much more focused on building your business and the bottom line. And somehow those, you know, structures get built to build, it can get bigger and bigger and it can do amazing things. And there's tremendous efficiencies. So we have to combine the business acumen and efficiencies that come through a profit-oriented thinking and, uh, you know, the demands and the excellence that are required to succeed in business to right. our causes to our nonprofits. Because if you combine that without compromising your idealism, your values, you know, that you can do much, much more. And we don't understand that. And that's what we have to see. And that's really a major paradigm shift that we have to bring to our communities. And that's number one. Number two is, is that we need to collaborate. We need to come together. We don't need, there's one thing is using discipline, business acumen, but then we have to bring in sort of the culture that we find and the practice that we find in the startup world, right. in, in entrepreneurial centers around the world. And there what we find is that people are coming together. They're supporting themselves. They create supportive communities that they have fancy names for, the accelerators and incubators and, you know, hubs and schlubs and launch pads and all these things, but, right. but they come together. And there's a community of young people who are starting out or taking on very difficult challenges to create a real viable products and services from just an idea, which is a very difficult thing to do. And they're there and they support each other and they understand what it takes to do that. Right, everybody's striving together for to yeah. reach their own goals, and it's just a yeah. built-in support system. Yeah, there's a support system. They, they share space. They have a Sarah culture. They all share the problems that that involves rather than being totally isolated and alone. So that alone is fantastic. Then they have access and they have exposure to serial entrepreneurs, successful business people who've had years of experience, who've accomplished great things, learned great lessons, who can teach them and mentor them. And, you know, provide them with the tools and the insights to, to, you know, have them avoid the many, many mistakes that everybody else makes along the way. Right. So they have a tremendous advantage. Crucial. It's crucial. crucial. You know, because it means that they, you know, they will get there a lot faster. And, you know, it's invaluable. It's invaluable. Right. So, that, so then you have a whole community of that. And then the third aspect is that there, there are funders there. There are, you know, there are angel funders who are coming in in very early stages 
and providing the initial money so people can actually, you know, quit their jobs and work full time and build their, their prototype or whatever it is. And then there's people who come along and the early investors and then there's, you know, v- venture funds and there's the bigger, you know, the private equities and you've got the big corporations that invest with them. So there's a, there's a process where there's a mutually beneficial relationship between the funders, the mentors and the entrepreneurs that all come together to create what we call an ecosystem that is conducive and supportive to taking an idea's innovation and turning them into really significant um, companies and products and services. So we can emulate that. We can take that and do the same thing for our nonprofits, our causes in the Jewish community to address the tremendous growing needs that we have. So we want to do the same thing. You know, it's, and it sounds crazy, but it's happening all over the world for nonprofits and for social causes. There's a revolution going on. So the problem is, is that our community is a little bit behind because they don't go to colleges. They don't get involved in this sort of kind of stuff. And they may not be exposed to it, right. but they will. And the problem is how many years will it take for, the, for it to be integrated into our communities? So we want to accelerate that time because Beautiful. we're losing in the meantime. We're losing. So who are some of the speakers that are going to be speaking at the uh, Accelerator program? There's this really fantastic entrepreneur. His name is Bob Nahum Seidman. Okay. okay, so what do we have? I mean, uh, in Israel, we have a great group of people. We have people in Israel, people in America. So who do we have? So one of them is a friend of yours and a guy I met, recently met is Ben Wiener. Ben right. Wiener is fantastic. a venture capitalist. He has a jumpstart fund in Jerusalem. He's one of the... Uh, Pioneer venture fund cap, venture capitalist in Jerusalem, building up the the uh, the business scene in the community of Jerusalem, and he yeah, also started. Incredible. I think he runs a Haredi High Tech Accelerator. Excuse yeah. me, Haredi High Tech uh, Incubator in uh, the Mahon Yushalayim, and I went to his event there. So he's like in that space of sort of empowering the Haredim to get into the 21st century. And right. so that was the cool thing. And in addition, so I spoke to him about presenting and doing this. He was like, I'm in, you know, because yeah. anybody who's in that world and is part of the you know from world appreciates the tremendous gap and the need there. So he was uh, one guy we got connected with, I think it was through you also, no? Was uh, oh, Ellie Beer. Ellie Beer. Nelly Beer yeah, is a superstar. He's a superstar. Here's yeah. a guy, you can go see him on, a, he's got a fantastic TED Talk. And he's a tremendous social entrepreneur the, uh, of great note. He's the president, the founder of United Hatzalah in Israel. And, and they created, you know, those motorcycle, you know, what are, what are they called? Ambu- uh, some sort of ambulance. I don't know what they call them. But yeah, they have motorcycle ambulances. Uh, the stats that I saw is they have 3,000 volunteers working for them. I don't know if it's currently or over a period of years. And they, right. they, have, they have helped and responded to 1.5 million people. You know, this is tremendous, you know, yeah. and just think of all the lives. This person I knew, saved, I knew Ellie you know? back in our yeshiva days, uh, you know, uh, some 25 years ago when I first met him wow. and it was, it's just incredible what he's been able to build up over here. And I, I know he's excited about speaking at the, the accelerator like, program. I'm in. So we get guys like this, you know, like we mentioned, just mentioned two for two, Ben and Ellie, that they, they hear it and they go. I'm in, you know, because they know potential and they know the problem. So it's like, right. you know, it just resonates, you know, it's like, this is, this is really, really timely. And he, um, you know, besides what, what he's done there, he's traveling all over the world, teaching communities and helping them to start 
uh, and rapid emergency response, response systems, systems yeah. because they have the fastest 90 second response time. And then they just did another thing that I know about that because my son's doing it uh, is that they created a trauma unit, first responder trauma. So 20 minutes after uh, the first responders get there, they send out their psychologist or uh, therapists who show up and they administer trauma care. Psychological wow. trauma care, which is extremely, research has shown, is extremely important to do right away. And that completely reduces the long-term effect or dilatory effect of post-traumatic stress syndrome. And so it's a very, very big deal. And people, you know, you talk to people who've been through accidents or trauma or through um, terrorist acts and so on, they suffer, They could suffer for years and years. It's, and, you know, any psychologist will tell you it's, it's a big, big deal. And now they're, I don't know if it existed in the world, but they're doing it big time. And it happens to be my son is a new, uh, new therapist and he is among their first responders and he's doing it now. And that was that's a very tremendous tremendous innovation. So these are guys. Are, these are the top guy, top people. Also, we have Nachum Stillerman, Rabbi Stillerman, who is uh, got about fifty something years of experience of consulting. Just fifty? Fifty five, I think. Consulting, oh. teaching, and running campaigns himself for fundraising. He's one of the great legends of fundraising in the Jewish world. I think he told me an amazing story recently that I was involved in raising nineteen million dollars. So, so Nachum Stillen was telling me that he was pushed out of forced retirement to run a nineteen a twenty nineteen billion million dollar campaign to bail out the Mir Yeshiva in recent years uh, after the patira of Rabbi Finkel and because they were left nineteen dollar hole and he led that campaign he raised nineteen million dollars that was just recently and he, no problem wow anyway so he's going to be there talk about fundraising what do we have in New York uh, we also have women in Israel very important women. Uh, Oh, Shani right, Babad, sure. who uh, is a real powerhouse, who runs uh, Temach, and she's done tremendous stuff in terms of entrepreneurialism, getting people into startups, getting women tools for the uh, for the workforce, corporate level. She's done tremendous, tremendous stuff. We have many poor people in New York. I'm going to be here in New York mostly, working with the group. Who else do we have? Uh, Yitz Greenman has offered to help in the fundraising. He's been running fundraiser seminars for many years now, and he's one of the top fundraisers in the Jewish community. Fundraising is a very important part of what we want to deal with, of course. Who else do we have? We have a lot of people in New York. I don't know. Where's my list? Charlie Harari. Charlie Harari. There you go, Charlie. We just interviewed him for our newsletter. Charlie is a well-known figure. You should interview him for your podcast. He's got, yeah, he's now on ABC radio. He's a radio host on the largest radio station in the world. He's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of educational things he's done on Kiro things he's done. I, I know him through the Kiro world. We've done stuff together. He's a businessman of note, successful businessman. And he teaches a course of social entrepreneurialism at Yeshiva University. He's this second year teaching that, which was, I found that after I asked him to be a mentor and he's going <laughs> to come in and work with the kids, uh, the, the young people. And his whole thing is about sustainability, you know? You know, and I, I like to address this, I talk about funders for a minute. Maybe someone out there are funders or no funders and, or you're approaching people and you have a young organization. And I, I, I think this is a very important piece now. And what I wanted to say is that, you know, Charlie mentioned it also, that the problem with, he says, what's the problem with nonprofits? That they're not sustainable. What does that mean? It means that they don't have a stable way of supporting themselves and growing, it's very haphazard. And a lot of people right. will say, you know, hey, another organization, they're all going back to the same people. 
right? It's the same big name machers and supporters, wealthy people are supporting all the organizations. And, and if you go to these wealthy people, they'll say, we don't need an, an organization that's going to help organizations start up new Jewish organizations. We have more <laughs> than enough of Jewish organizations. We don't need them. Right. Now, right? Now, do you know how backwards that is? I know. It's insane. <laughs> it's like saying, yeah. we don't need startup companies. Why don't we need a couple of guys to go in the garage and create another commuter company? We have BM. Right. What do we need Apple for? What do we need right. Microsoft for? Right? That was in the 80s. Who needs these punks? Let them go get a job at IBM. Right? Right. You know, <laughs> oh, and these guys come in, you know. Google, yeah, Google, Yahoo, Wahoo, Wahoo, you know, <laughs> we don't need more startups. They're right. just going to waste their money. Most of them are going to go under, right? What do we need it for? Yep. Hello, this is progress. This is, Welcome to the world, the world of innovation. You know, people have to understand that there's a very powerful driving force. It's the, that's built America. That's built the Jewish people. That's part of who we are, which is the entrepreneurial spirit. And that if someone goes out and says, I got an idea and I want to make a difference. He's not likely to do that and make change the world by going to work for some existing organization that's been around for 30, 40 years. Exactly. It's just not going to happen that way. It's not. Right. It's not going to be as motivated or passionate. And he's not going to have the open space and he's not going to understand it you know it's not the way true inspiration it's not the way these organizations started <laughs> right, right. right. They, exactly you know, these you name all the big organizations that we respect are out there doing stuff have changed jewish people have provided tremendous services for us they're fantastic it's wonderful they were started by someone individual had a passion and went out and was able to express that passion and to build something so we constantly need new young people coming into the taking responsibility and going out on their own and really doing that there's a place for that and we need people to come out with new ideas and address the new issues that happen all the time we need entrepreneurialism we need innovation we need people taking responsibility we need new ideas we need new leadership this is the best way to do it and i've been in the leadership building business you know under Ravnoch for many years and on our own, and I've seen it, and I've, you know, I've seen people much greater than I built leadership, and I've seen my associates, and we've worked very, very hard in it. There's no greater way of building leadership than empowering people to take responsibility, to take their ideas, and just go do it. And it's the most, it's extremely powerful. So we don't want to encumber that. And we need them dead. We need the people, we need their ideas, we need their energy, and we need to support them. That's number one. Number two is that people think that they need to start looking differently at how the business of organizations, like let's say you invest in a company, right? So you, you know, mm -hmm. let's say, you know, you sit down and you, you, you got a million dollars and you want to, you know, put it away for a long term. Maybe you want to get some income from it. It's your retirement fund. So you sit down with an investment advisor and they'll say to you, well, there's different types of investments. There's bonds or stocks. We're going to invest in companies. So you think if you invest in these big, large companies that have been around for years, that their stock may grow steadily over years. They'll pay a dividend and you'll do okay. And it's conservative. It's safe. And if you invest in small companies or even especially startups, you're running a tremendous risk. It's true that one of them may become the next Uber or Facebook, right? But the chances of that happening are very slim and very more slim. than likely they'll go out of business and you'll lose your money. Sure. So that makes sense, okay? Because the road 
to return, give an ROI, a return on investment on a, in, an investment in a nonprofit and in a for-profit company, in a company that you're investing that, that just has an idea or a small product or have a, a very small company and they want to become big and they want to take your money and return it to you and make you a profit is a long, arduous road. Right. If you want, sure. you want to invest in a company, you're going to have to sit on that money for many years. And, and, and venture funds I mean serious professionals who invest in small companies or startups or whatever they invest in. Right. These are, they're investing in real things. People often have products. They have real services. They're up and running. Yeah. On some right. level and they're investing and they, on average, return a 10% return. That's yeah. A- Out of every 10 investments, they expect six to fail. Seven, uh, you know, one to do okay, one to do pretty good, and they hope that one hits it out of the park. Right. But when they invest, but they expect the large majority of them to fail. And those are the they expect, those, and they've done their research and they focus and they look and they study and they, you know, and they're experts they, and they're dealing with they're experts they're and they only take the cream of the cream right. of the ideas. Serious business people who have done right. who have produced serious products and serious services. Now, if you take it earlier and you go to the smaller size, when the angel level, right? You're talking. Mm-hmm. For sure, one out of 20 at best will make it. Right. 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 So it's even worse. So it's, you know, that's a very, very risky business. So I say, let's contrast that to, and let's say, let's look, let's play a game. Let's say, you know, these big funders out there, or these, you know, I don't want to mention any names. Someone is sitting there and they're giving away their money to big institutions, or big operations, and they're doing great, great work. And without them, many of these things wouldn't be operating. These yeshivas and schools, it's fantastic. But let's say they set aside 10% of their charitable giving to focus on startups. New initiatives, right. just ten percent, which would represent, by the way, a fair amount of money. Sure, and sure. startups don't need that much. Okay, right. so that's they did that. Now, if you told them to do that in the in the what you call, they probably do do that. By the way, in their for-profit investments, maybe they do ten percent or five percent with startups. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Right. Who knows? But I find in general that larger, more institutional funders and foundations and you know, more established uh, philanthropists, they shy away from new initiatives because you know, they compare it to startup things. They compare it to, on two levels. One is they'll say, uh, well, you know, I don't know these guys. He's, maybe he won't succeed. I'll lose all my money. Right. I'll look stupid, number yeah. one. Number two is these bigger institutions are doing so much, they need me, and I'm going to get more bang for my buck. So I think those right. are – those are mis- misunderstandings. Those are wrong. And I'll tell you why. Number one is, is if we can get someone to the point where they're actually have proven their concept on some level, they've done something, they've as an individual or a small team, they've actually team. done the services and they've provided services and they're good at it. And they've spent the time by going through our course and they learn some of the lingo and they're going to improve their business skills and they're going to create a presentation and they've done the research and they're going to give a cogent, sound presentation that if you give me $25,000, I'm actually going to reach, you know, another 500 people, 300 people for what my services do. And, right. and I'm going to do that much more. So now, what's the chance that that person actually will do that? In other words, what are you looking for when you invest in a startup for, for making money? You're looking for ROI, return on investment. But when you right. invest in a cause or a nonprofit, you're looking for what I call IOI impact on investment. You want to see that you gave money and this person did what he said he's going to do. He's going to provide you know, food for people on Shabbat. He's going to convince people to study more Judaism and maybe, you know, come to shul or he's going to convince, he's going to help counsel young people to get their lives together or 
or marriage counseling, whatever service that they're going to provide, that's what you're paying for, right? You want outcome, you want impact on investment, outcome and impact. So if you give this guy $25,000, what are the chances are that he's actually going to do some, most, or all of what he promises to do with your money? Very high. Not bad. Not bad. And it's definitely not all or nothing. Right? right? So you're actually, your risk is pretty low. Not only that, this person probably doesn't have overhead, doesn't have a lot of overhead because they're just starting out. They don't have debt. They don't have baggage. They don't have employees who've worked there for years and years and years who are really not nearly as productive or connected to the market or the needs as they were years ago. Right? right. So that they don't, they, they have dead weight. I know, pardon expression, but they have, you know, they're not expense heavy. So the truth is, on a dollar for dollar basis, you're probably going to get more output than you would with a larger organization that's been around for years. You're probably, your risk is not anything like it would be with a startup company because you're probably going to get a good percentage of your outcome. And you're going to encourage a young person to be idealistic and committed to serving and helping other people for the rest of their lives. And you're going to encourage, uh, and if you do this and you let it be known that I'm willing to do something like this, you encourage people to get into the business. You're developing the ecosystem that will provide solution and leadership at a low risk and with high output. It's a win, win, win. 100%. 100%. Not only that, but if for some reason the project ends up failing, but the people they helped during that startup phase, if they're doing it for a year, two years, you've changed people's lives that can affect generations. That's your output. That's what you bring one person back to Frumkite. You, yeah. you you get one family back on their feet that that had a you know the, the was, that was in poverty. Right. You've changed a generation. You've got the you, in other words, you got the output you would have gotten at a high quality Kiruvur Chesed organization anyway. So you're not losing. Right. This, the risk is very low, but the potential upside is much much greater because they could be the new Aisha Torah. They could be the new Tomke Shabbos. They could be the next Hatzalah. Right. Hundred percent. So you don't. Right, we just have a couple of minutes left. Yes. I want to just say. I just want to go. Uh, what is the vision after the accelerated program? What comes next for next door? No pun intended. Yeah, next, next. The next, next <laughs> is first of all. You know. I mean, I know we have the mentorship you, program. You, which yeah, is you, you, you and I dove into this. We, you know, we're talking about what are we going to do? What are we, how are we going to enter into this? The vision is really to create a change in culture and attitude and practices. We should have accelerator programs all over. We. We don't know what it's going to look like, but the fact is that we're advertising all the magazines. We're out there. You're helping us with you know this podcast, and people are hearing about it. They're going to come. The word is out. We're going to do our, our three or four accelerator programs this summer, and I think it's going to be really, really exciting. It's going to energize those three parts, the, the social entrepreneurs, the mentors, and the funders. And then we'll see where we go next. I think that demand will be great. I, you know, I, I already have some interest. We want to run programs like this in existing organizations, which we consider are very dynamic communities. We want to create community-based accelerator programs within not just geographic communities, but also organizational communities. We want to offer our services to be able to run these you know, training courses in all types of environments around the world for our communities. And then we'll see where it takes us. You know, like we said, we're going to film everything. We want to, you know, you and I were interested in trying to create more of an online resource there. There are many ideas that could come out of this. You know, we could have ongoing, uh, you know, shared virtual space online where we're sure sharing ideas, different people in different fields, uh, having webinars, focusing on different topics. There's so many ways that we could take this shared space. You know, we really need to create sort of a startup hubs and uh, social entrepreneurship 
groupings and clubs and things. And it will be other entrepreneurs as well will fit into it as well. We, we need to bring the startup mentality, the whole 21st century way of doing business into our community. So it becomes second nature that people are replicating what I'm doing. There'll be lots more competition for what we want to do. And that right. we can make a whole transformation and bring the 21st century beautiful collaborative business practices to our very important causes and that the Torah and God's in the Kiddush Hashem could come out of it in an efficient and effective way. And the reason it will succeed, because it's based on one principle, it's called achtus. It's coming together. And that we know, is, that's not a suffix, that will work. 100%. And I just want to, I just want to uh, yell out to uh, all our listeners, the show, you know, thank God that the show keeps growing every month. I want you all, please check out nextdoor.org, uh, N-E-X-T-D-O-R.org. Obviously, I'm going to put all this in the show notes. I'll put some flyers, put some videos. Very exciting times. If you're interested at all, if you're going to be in the Yerushalayim area, Yerushalayim Beit Shemesh, and you want to join up in uh, the Israel group, or if you're going to be in New York or Los Angeles, or if you're just interested in learning more about Nextdoor, we're signing up for future engagements. You know, you know, as Hanan mentioned, hopefully we'll, this will spread throughout the Jewish world, throughout the firm world. So please definitely be in touch. And of course, you know, uh, we, we encourage you to share your ideas. If you have ideas of where you want this to go, of how you think it can uh, help, you know, please, uh, you know, you could send Hanan uh, an email, Hanan at nextdoor.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely please, you know, share this. If you know somebody that's in the nonprofit world, somebody that's been thinking about or has, has started a uh, nonprofit organization or somebody that uh, you think is passionate about an idea and wants to get it out there, please uh, share this episode with them. And uh, with that, Hanan, I want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you. you know, we'll see if we get to, maybe you'll become the first third interviewee at some <laughs> point. And uh, you know, thank you for taking the time. And uh, I know your schedule has been uh, crazy just getting everything going. And first of all, you know, or Last of all, call a vote to you for everything you've done and for putting this together and taking this idea and vision you had and, you know, building the team, getting the mentors on board and starting the accelerated programs. You know, I, I've seen firsthand uh, how much work has gone into it and call uh, a vote for, for following through on your vision and for getting to this yeah. stage. And I just, want, I just have- want to mention also Esty Rand and her team. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. She's on our website now and she's really, you know, got me turn got us to turn it into an action. So I want to give Yeah, she's been absolutely fantastic and her whole team and Bahama, you know, and Rachel and Hadassah and so on. A really, really great group of of people. And 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 Nachum, you're great. You're fantastic and you're really I think I said we wouldn't be here without you. I appreciate it, All right. Thank you so much. Everybody check it out. Nextdoor.org. All right. See you at the Accelerator. All right. Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be Maxliak.